So it's been a slow news week. But I think we're still going to have a great podcast. Always do. Might just be a little random this time around. <laughs> you know, the randomness that can come from us is fucking wild. I didn't even think about that until you just said it right this second. Oh, my God. So there's a really dope song we're going to start the podcast off with this week. Huh. Took a trip down to Puerto Rico. Couldn't get away from the heat, though. Stuck too much my lingo. Slow walk through that kingo. Job well done with the mango. Cost the globe by lingo. Hey, hey, can't mango. Still conversate with mango. Talk a little less more. Cause yeah, I ain't got time for it. Don't care what you say for it. You gon' have to run for it. Talk it up. Talk it up. Forget what you said. Boring. So, starting off the podcast, since it's been a slow news week, um, I kind of wanted to ask you guys, where do you rank Kanye West 808 and Heartbreaks? Like, in Kanye's dis- discography and just, like, all time. Like, just period. Where mm. would you guys rank it? I I personally feel like it's his best album. You would say it's better than... Uh, Graduation? And Late Registration? Mm. I mean, because I'm I'm not counting anything past Yeezus. Yeah, I don't I don't want to hear this ever again. No, that's fair. No, I, you know I actually think it might be. I think I think it has the makings of being a classic album. I think it I think it might absolutely be his best work. When we're talking about like of all time, though, I mean, I just mean for you. I wouldn't say all time of like you right. gotta put Biggie and Tupac right, and Wu Tang. Like, you don't have to do that. For me, I'd say like. Kanye is definitely not a favorite artist of mine, but that album in itself would come up in my top 20. For real? Yeah. Top 20? Yeah. You put it in like the 25 to 30 range? Probably, yeah. Probably closer up there. Definitely. Okay. So top 30. Yeah. I think, I think it would definitely be in there somewhere for me. You know, that's what's wild is you always think about when you throw out like, oh, he's in the top 10. Like, you know how many, you know how many albums I have in my top 10? <laughs> it's way more than 10. A lot fucking more than 10. <laughs> I can tell you that. Oh my god! So yeah, I just wanted to ask you guys because I've really, really heard about a, a huge divide on the album. It's either a classic or it's not a classic. I have it as a classic. I think that also speaks to what you consider a classic. I mean, because for some people, it's longevity. It's going to be, you know, has it been around for fifteen, twenty years? Is it something that we know? Is it something that every person can refer to? But for other people, it's, you know, oh, no, can I tell that with the wordsmithing, this is still going to be a solid album in X amount of time? Or, you know, for some people to be like, oh, no, I think that maybe his producing skills on this make it like a, a classic album because he, he changed production. Because, you know, a lot of people can say that for Dre, for instance. Oh, yeah, because his, his you know what? We are a fucking horrible podcast. Welcome to episode three. I, I am gonna, your host, MC. I was going to do that once we finished this <laughs> random conversation bro i was i had you no okay, worries no go ahead go ahead i'll let you i'll let you take over this episode real um, quick because yeah i fucking completely forgot yeah i figured we would talk about this but i mean since you already started it welcome in everybody to episode three of the nameless podcast we are so thankful that you are listening in right Ooh. in front of me we have mc myself is amanda and to my right is jesse me so we are so happy to be talking to you all today. This will be dropping on Sunday. So happy if you're not Sunday. doing anything better, you're not going to church. I know you're not. You might as well be listening to this. Hope your house is clean. So let's let's talk about a classic album. So for me, 
Okay, actually, I want to ask you, what what are some of your top classic albums? Top? Like, uh, can we just do, like, top three? Yeah, yeah. Because I have so many. Yeah, do top three. I would have to say Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City has to be in there. Okay. I would definitely say that J. Cole's 2014 Forest Hills Drive is in there. If we're just talking about this decade, because I guess, I guess we kind of have to do that, too. Okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be speaking about the, from 2000 to right now. Okay. Um, and I would have to put Jay Z's Kingdom Come in there. Okay. Those are my those those would be my three for this decade. But if we're talking about top ten, obviously 808s and Heartbreaks is in there. So is late registration, but you know that's gonna be a whole another podcast, whole to other talk conversation about to talk about. Top about ten. Yay. But yeah, I would say all of those like Good Kid, Mad City, I can still listen to. It hasn't been out for. I want to say that shit came out in 2012, because I think that was his first studio album after Section 80. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it definitely has in the running to be able to in 2025 we'll be able to be like, yo, do you remember that? And everybody's gonna remember every word to it. I think that's definitely something a classic album has to have. Like if yeah. you can't remember at least two or three songs off of it word for word, it can't be a classic album. Like you couldn't call that a classic. See, and so that that kind of begs the question, in my opinion, because something we were just talking about before we got the podcast recording is you feel uh, St. John's recent album from just a year ago. <sighs> you think that one? that has the ability to be a classic album. Oh, so yes. in, in your opinion, does it not quite hit the list for you just yet, but you know it's going to be a classic, for instance? I would say it's in the top 20 contenders to okay. be a classic album, for me at least. It'll be in my top 20 of classic albums right now. Just because, like I said, I can play it from front to back, back to front. I know at least three songs word for word. So, I mean, I would it's say a beautiful it. album. His vocals are phenomenal on it. Like it, it's it's a it's a beautiful album. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Um, so what about what about for you, Jesse? Is there any albums that kind of pop up for you where you're just thinking like classics that I really enjoy? Good Kid, Mad City. Um, someone had mentioned YG. Uh, my Crazy Life. My Crazy Life is in there. But again, I feel like that's not classic. It's still too new, but it's just so good because there are certain songs on there that you're like, I, I'm not going to skip this one. It's just too good. Like, Definitely yeah. one you can still already go back to. Of course. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I don't know. What for are me, yours? For me recently, at least, I, I would agree with Good Kid, Mad City. I really would. Um, I would. I would. I would also put My Crazy Life on there. Um. I think, you know, YG is in my top 20 artists just no matter what as it is. So Is he the greatest of all time? Is he in your greatest of all time list? Or is He's he not logic. Oh, my, oh God. my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's not quite Who in my GOAT category yet. <laughs> Do I think he is a legend? Yes, but legend versus GOAT is a whole other conversation. But back to the classics thing. Um, I would definitely put my crazy life in there. But, you know, from there, I, I don't feel a lot of albums that I've heard you know in the last few years uh, there, there's nothing that I really think of that I am absolutely like this is going to be a classic this is phenomenal this well is that's amazing. why I set the standard from 2000 to now N I know and that's what I'm saying like, I can't think of anything I even in that span for other me other than Good Kid Man City well I, I mean there are some but I'm saying that for classics what comes to mind for me is back further like if we're um, talking my top okay. three just of all time classic albums I because Classic, I don't think in the last decade or even two decades, really. I mean, I, I think at least back into the 90s. Well, yeah, I just didn't want to sit here and start naming, like, you feel me? There's so right, many like I could have named, one. but... So for me, when I think classics, my top three is going to be NWA Straight out of Compton. 
Okay. It's going to be Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang Forever. Not 36 Chambers? You was know, it? I, I, I'm actually kind of torn on that. If we, if we were going to say four, I was going to put both of them. I was oh, going to okay. say Wu-Tang Forever <laughs> and enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. Um, and then, you know, my third one would obviously be Tupac's All Eyes on Me because got to rep that West Coast. But How many albums does Tupac have all together? Did uh, we figure that one out? I think three. I thought it was four because uh, what was the last one? The two, the double sided, the Seven Day Theory, Cluminati was a two disc, but I think they only count that as a one album thing. And then he had Two Apocalypse, uh, Me Against the World. Oh, and I can't think of the other one. There has to be another one though. I mean, All Eyes on Me. Oh, that was that? A, <laughs> was that an album? I thought that was yeah. just a song. That was a whole yeah. album. Yeah. So he has five, I think. Then maybe. Because I know, you know, even after his death, there were certain releases and little things that were coming out. And Ooh, Pac's Life was dope. Pac's huh. Life was a dope song. Ashanti killed that shit. But yeah, those are those are definitely, th- those are what come up for me if in my to, favorites. If, if we have to go back in the day like that, I would probably say Me Against the World by Tupac is in there. That was one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, I would have to say America's Most Wanted by Ice Cube would be number two. Okay. And number three... Would probably be reasonable doubt. Jay Z's in all mine, just to be honest with you. Jay Z yeah. puts out way too many good albums, and I think that was way before singles actually started to hit. Like you had to have that single to push the album out, right? But reasonable reasonable doubt, yeah, I would say that's number three. See, and that, and when you think of classic classics and classic people like that, you you do have those recurring artists that come up up again and again and again you have someone like jay-z you have someone like dre you have someone like ice cube you know you have people who were involved in bigger group collaborations smaller collaborations who have brought up new artists and i think that also ties into what it means to be like a, a classic in in a personal sense i think that for artists you you have to have the capability of being a mentor you have to have the capability of raising up the people around you and whatnot and i think that okay yeah okay. I, I think that really ties into what it means to, to be able to create classics and this is all personal opinion everybody Who, whoever's listening this isn't like we got this off the internet yeah it's all personal this if is you our try to personal at me opinion. on twitter about this i'm just gonna block you <laughs> <laughs> don't trash talk me <laughs> yeah th- these are just my garbage opinions and leave yes, me alone and yes i know i get it mob deep should be in there rest in peace prodigy but it just that's not my top three just to be honest mob deep isn't in yeah. my top three i feel that um since we're talking about goats uh, I think Benny the oh no I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna start off with that but I think Benny the Butcher is uh, definitely gonna be a contender I don't know if you guys heard his whole album yet but the plugs I meet is fucking dope and just recently today I heard uh, Freddie Gibbs's song Bandana with Pusha T Killer Mike and uh, Pusha T man I was about to ask how was that because I would bro. imagine Pusha T went hard on that bro did he just body <laughs> everybody <laughs> bro the last those two songs because he has a song on Benny the Butcher's album too. But those those two fucking verses he's dropped like so close together, he at least has one of those to be a uh, feature of the year. I would say Pusha T's contender a feature for the of the year. Wow. But Pusha T's a phenomenal artist. But right. that's like, I, I say the that's point. a bold statement, but not a controversial statement. I yeah, feel that. But no, he's definitely already up there. Definitely has to be. Um, so I was about to say. So if you're talking about features right now, um, something that we've talked on already is j cole's amazing features and how we're kind of oh waiting on revenge God. of the dreamers three. Oh, and he's dropping the documentary here soon 
So I mean, so that kind of that'll be interesting to see where that goes. When I think features, I can't I help wanna, but think of him. I want to see where he puts his features for the album because it is a whole feature album. Yeah. But I want to see his critiquing and picking of the features because you know he drops all his albums with no features. So I want to see where he lies in a producer setting and being like, okay, Reason should be at the top. Right. Why should Reason be in the first three songs? Or should Reason be at the bottom? Or should Jid be in the first one? Because he's popping right now. He's all over the place. He sold out a tour, I think, a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. His whole thing was fucking sold out. Um, so I really want to see where his producing ear comes from because he already makes beats. Right. But where the features go in that album. I think that'll be really cool to watch out for as well, specifically because with all of the features he's dropped and all the different artists he works with, you know, it's not like he, I, I don't want to make it sound like he, he like just gets around the block. He's not picky, but yeah, like yeah, he, he yeah. works with all sorts of artists of all sorts of range and variety. Oh, you the know London. What I mean? Yeah. That was fucking there, wild. There are people that he works with that you listen to it and you're like, Oh, I would have never pictured him working with this artist. Meg the stallion, Wale and Jake Cole. That would be a fire ass song. That would be a fire song. That would, would be a dope ass song. Um, speaking of, Juicy J just dropped a single featuring her and City Girls. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I did see that. I didn't hear it, though. But that, that's beside the point. Anyways, um, so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting because he We're works with such a variety. Meg the Stallion. I know. Like, do we, we love are her so much? We are literally like 13 minutes in and we've already mentioned Meg the Stallion. <laughs> I know. I love her. I love you so much. Um, anyways, yeah, so I think it'll be really interesting to see what he does and see who he picks in regards to his own album though because if he has such a range and variety outside of the studio in other people's booths yeah. i'm really curious to see what he's willing to bring in and i i think it'll sound you know entirely different from what we've heard from him before and i guess we shit it on khaled's album but i think that is one thing i can big up khaled for is knowing where to put the features yeah and knowing how to do the album you know what i mean because he does have those club bangers, those car bangers. Like, you know, it really just depends on where you listen to it. But I think he does it in such a way that it's like, yo, that's a dope body of work. Yeah. Even though he didn't write any of it, probably he didn't produce the beats. I'm assuming he produces the songs, like tells people like this is where you should come in. This is how it should be. And I'm pretty sure he critiques it. I don't know any of these things, so don't believe me. <laughs> but I'm assuming he does all that. So he definitely does have that ear. And I want to know what J. Cole's ear is going to be like. Yeah, I think because when you put really yourself cool. for twelve tracks, I mean, there's not much of an ear there. <laughs> Just yeah, to be honest. Um, since we're talking about great people, let's take it to a not so great person. Cardi B won Songwriter of the Year award at the what is this called? The ASCAP award, the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers. And wasn't she the the first like? Yeah, woman rapper yes. to have won yes you know i i think the reason uh, i think the reason that bothers me so much is if you if you really want to delve into cardi b's work so let's just talk invasion of privacy which came out in 2018 you know she won I a grammy think that's for her it. only body of work at the moment we she can has mixtapes but uh. if we're talking about invasion of privacy which is her most awarded body of work that is you know it, she received a grammy for it i'm pretty sure that's what they based this award off of for her um you know if you look at the credits don't get me wrong she's on the credits for every single song she's also like second to last on every single song when she has upwards of four to you know even 10 writers on some of them it's looking like and that's crazy because i want to know how that piece of the pie gets broken up if you make ten thousand dollars off of a song and you have 10 writers 
Right. That's who, a thousand dollars a writer, right? Or is that only like you get 50 bucks because all you did was right. say one or two words? Right. So, I mean, I'd imagine that's all in contract negotiation negotiations and whatnot. But if, if, if we're talking about invasion of privacy and we're talking about the fact that like, yeah, it's awesome that she's on every single song as a, as a credited writer. But just the fact of your second to last, that obviously shows that even if you did put some into it, it's not that much. So I'm going to bring up someone I personally don't even like that much. Nicki Minaj dropped Queen, which was her fourth studio Phenomenal. album. And, you, you know, I, yeah, I didn't think it was that bad of an album. I enjoyed it. I had a couple bops on it that I could definitely find myself, you know, jiving to. And I, I enjoyed it. It was a, it was a good album. Yeah. You look at the writing credits on that and don't get me wrong. She also has other writers on some of her songs. She also has upwards of four five, six writers. She is listed as second or third on every single one not second or third to last as in second or third in all of the writers on every song okay. so why why didn't she receive it rather than cardi so if you want to tie into someone else maybe i i really can't believe i'm already bringing it back to megan the stallion oh, but you know she dropped fever Dickie. this year and you look at the writing credits on that she is the first writer on every single song and the only writer on most of them. I think the only one she was on was uh, Cash Shit, I think. No, wasn't it Simon Says? Simon Says, there you go. Yeah, and even then, I, I think that had to do more with Juicy J's hook and like his producing on it and whatnot. Like, I think that okay. had to do with that. She is known for doing her own consistent writing, you know, since she was just itty bitty coming out of Houston. So there are multiple other female artists in the game that were far more deserving of it, in my opinion. And if you even want to bring in dudes as well. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Is there anybody just period you think deserved it more than her? You know, I, again, even not being that big of a fan of him. I think Mac Miller should have received it. I think Mac Miller should have received it okay. for Swimming, which was released in August of 2018. Rest in um, peace to Mac Miller. Yeah, rest in peace to him. And I think, I, I just think it's kind of a travesty because Cardi B won the Grammy for Album of the Year for Invasion of Privacy over Mac Miller for Swimming. So, and I think that part of the reason that bothered me as well is they kind of used the pandering for it. People talked about how like, oh, his mom was going to be invited in place of him and she was there to like for the nomination. Oh. And yeah, like it was, so you, you okay. kind of waited for it and you would think they're going to go ahead and they're going to honor him and they're going to make that tribute to him. You know what I mean? And then to turn around and give it to Invasion of Privacy, which I didn't even think was that good of an album. I'd rate it a six out of 10 at best. Eh. Like, I got it pretty low. Yeah, but I, I, but Cardi B also doesn't make music for me. Exactly, but even then, or I, I guess I might have not listened to the album in the right uh, atmosphere. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe it's like a club bop, right? Maybe but, it's something you're at the bar and you want to listen to. I don't, yeah, I don't do that for though. me. It, it either would have been Mac Miller, who I think you know after his death deserves the tributes. It was a phenomenal album. He was supposed to be going on tour, you know, shortly after his death. You know, happened. It was that was when it was supposed to start. Yeah, and he. I don't recall if he had sold out some of the shows, but I mean, it was well anticipated. It was a great album. People loved it. It was very, very, very well received. It was well liked um, and it was it was good. And so I think if it wouldn't have been him, I don't understand why it wasn't given to Lil Wayne for the Carter five. I think that was because it was dropped too late in the year. Because they have those weird stipulations, you know what I mean? And I, 
I honestly hate that, and I think that goes back to the, our last episode. When we were talking about the very disconnect that we have because we are in such of like shoving information in our mouth and digesting these albums, which is wild that we're doing it this way. But I feel like there's probably a lot of artists that have written all of their songs that aren't even being mentioned in these conversations. Right. And I don't know them. But Russ, I feel like Russ should have Russ should have been in the conversation because I mean if you talk about longevity, he has it. He came I mean, he doesn't have it in the wide spotlight. But for somebody who's been consistent, I would say Russ is there and for writing everything you'd have to have him in the conversation at least. And I don't feel right. like he was. I uh, yeah, I think there were a lot of artists that were kind of just you know, toss to the side, they were disregarded just because there's also not that certain mainstream popularity. You know oh what I mean? Yeah, not yeah. that not that people like Lil Wayne and Russ and Mac Miller aren't known and aren't mainstream, but Cardi B was a whirlwind for 2018. And, you know, for me, when we're talking about like the, the weird stipulations and cutoff dates, you know, I think I personally don't know what the cutoffs are, but if you're talking yeah. about we're in 2019 doing awards shows and we're awarding things from 2018, I don't think Lil Wayne's being released, you know, towards the end, August, he, September. He did in September. It was on his birthday. Yeah. Is any different from but Invasion of August, Privacy I coming out? August Invasion of Privacy cutoff. came out in April. So it's like, I, I just, I think that if you're going to talk about it and if you want people to really be able to pay attention and to understand why like certain albums are chosen over other ones, even when we're talking about movies, when we're talking about any awards shows, I think they should be more clear on that. And I think it should be a year to year basis. I think it should be all of 2018. Oh, so like January, December type shit. Yeah, because okay. I mean, you're thinking about it like we, we are in June. It is June in which she was awarded that six months is plenty of time. Yeah, okay. in my opinion. So yeah. I, I don't understand why there would be weird stipulations and cut off because you're you're disregarding artists who shouldn't be who by the time the 2021 comes around, no one's going to be able to think about the end of 2018 and those no, albums. Fuck no. Just like you're talking about with our consumption, our, our fast, you know, instant gratification consumption of albums. Yeah, th there's no way for certain artists to get honored if we're doing it like that. Yeah, and I definitely have Kanye to blame for that. Because I feel like it was really fast, but I think it was 2017, I want to say. Or no, it was 2018 last year when he did the whole seven-song rollout and he dropped Tiana Taylor. Uh, him and him and Cuddy did... He did an album and then him and Cuddy had the album. Yeah. Pusha T had the album, which I'm, which is wild. I just thought about that. Uh Hyde Prince and Big Sean didn't have an album. But that, that's a lot of albums to be dropping. They only had seven songs. He produced all of them. But that's a lot to consume in a summer. Yeah. That's a lot, a lot. And that's that's purposeful. And then I think Drake shitted on him by dropping a two-disc album and still selling out more than I think all of those albums did together. <laughs> Probably, Which yeah. is fucking wild. But I think Drake did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. He was mad. Yeah. Mad, mad. Mad, mad. Twitter. Y'all made him mad. <laughs> he said, gang, 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 gang. He was about it. He, yeah. You guys just pushed him too far. Not to, I just would like to point out the fact that Twitter literally bullied Drake into being oh, a better geez. father. <laughs> like, Twitter really turned around and just ripped that man a new asshole. They were like, bro, we can't believe that you've just been hiding oh your kid. And da -da 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 until and he turned around and was like. Hmm? And by a porn star, like he had a kid by a porn star, like that's even more wild, right? You 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 want Black Twitter to shit on you? They're really gonna have a field day yeah. with that one. Yeah, I mean, for real. 
So yeah, he just got fucking bullied into being a better dad. So good on you, Drake. It only took, you know, mass millions yelling at you. <laughs> being mentioned a million times a day. Oh my God. Yeah, I could not deal with that. I'm never mentioned, but I couldn't deal with it. Since you mentioned the uh, the songwriter award, I wanted to talk about the BET awards. Oh yeah, I was going to get into that too because uh, the BET awards was I think last Sunday. So we dropped the pod that day. Episode two, go listen if you haven't listened yet. If you're listening to this one, um, so yeah, it came out Sunday, and I didn't really watch a lot of it. I kind of just watched the the carpet and stuff. Yeah, I watched. Which shout out to them for the blue carpet. I really thought that was dope. I was so irritated that yeah, they didn't do any proper lighting to like some some warm up lighting to deal with the the blue backsplash that you deal with from like color correcting and all that good stuff, but. It was a beautiful homage. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it, when it, when we're talking about respectability, that was something really cool for the the panel, the board, you know, Just whoever the culture sets it in up, general. for them to turn around and to make that decision and to say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna completely flip it this yeah. year. We're gonna change it, and I think that ties into him them giving him the humanitarian of the year award. And he actually won a uh, best male rapper, Be- best male hip hop artist. Nipsey won that too, which is really dope. Yeah, I, th- his, I mean, um, I think it was well-deserved. I think he deserved it way before his death. Yes. I mean, I think, it, and that's what yeah. irritates me about these awards. Like, we're, we're talking about how it irritates us, and that's what irritates me. Like, you gave him his flowers once he passed. He deserved it way before then. I know I know it was just mixtapes and Victory Lap, I think, was considered his first studio album. Right. But still, I mean, I don't know. He deserved it way beforehand, and that's, and that's the disconnect all over again. That's yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. Right, not appreciating artists for being people and for what they put out and the effort they put in and, and the mental strain that they put themselves through. You know, we just we don't consider them people a lot of the time. I uh, I thought it was beautiful that Lauren and his mom were there. Um, oh, and his daughter. Yeah, I just I thought Boy, his daughter know. looks just like him and that shit made me cry. I'm not going to lie. Like I watched a lot of the videos. But when I saw Lauren and his daughter, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to start. In case anyone's cry. wondering, that is what MC sounds like when he cries in real life. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate you guys um but uh the tribute was dope i think they actually did a really good job with this tribute a lot of the tributes that come from bet i feel like are thrown together last minute very even half-assed. though somebody dies way beforehand i feel like they're very half-assed sometimes but um i actually wanted to play the clip of ti speaking about nipsey hustle if you guys don't mind not a problem ain't no problem ain't no problem there will never be Another Nipsey Hustle. Ermius Nipsey Hustle as Gadam was more than a rapper, a teacher, activist, and philanthropist. He was a revolutionary. His emphasis on the power of equity and ownership of our art led the charge of independence and created a blueprint for up and coming artists today to follow. He was our blessing and he inspired people across the world while never abandoning the community and culture that raised him. Now it's been nearly three months since we lost Nip and many are still discovering how legendary he really was. Man, that's because Nip wasn't a clout chaser or a social media activist. He was a real one, a true king. Simply concerned with promoting human welfare, uplifting those around him. As a prolific artist, his lyrics and interviews are immensely powerful, 
but his actions spoke even louder. To anyone following a dream, you may feel alone, but people are watching, drawing inspiration from how you chase your passion and handle your adversities. Nip proved that your life is your canvas and your body of work is your legacy. As an artist, he would Nipsey hustle the great. As a humanitarian, he was a leader well beyond his years. His life may have been cut short, but his canvas bore a legacy that will permeate neighborhoods around the world forever. So how do you feel that tribute kind of ranked on this guy? I mean, do you think T.I. was very on point and you really... Do you want my honest opinion? Yeah. It brought me to tears. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's not even a joke. I actually really cried when I first saw it, whenever I first heard it. When I saw the whole tribute thing, that's just me being me. Like, I don't know why. Like, even when I heard his death, it made me really sad. I couldn't bring myself to cry. But all of a sudden, whenever I saw the tribute and I heard T.I. speak so, like, T.I. has that speaking voice for one, but for him to do it and do it so well, oh, my God, yes, I cried. I, you know, I find T.I. to be a very eloquent speaker. I think he's very graceful in his wording. I think, you know, there there's a reason why he's been around as long as he has. He's and they've very, given him a TV yeah. show, and, you know, he's been on, you know, he, he's stepped up into, like, social projects and all sorts of things like that. I social problems, period. He has stepped up well above what he i mean what he was from going from the trap rapper right. to somebody who's doing what he's doing you know yeah no i get it so i think i think it was a beautiful tribute i think it was one of the perfect people to have up there speaking about nipsey especially yeah. as someone who is a philanthropist and a humanitarian himself yeah i'm thinking was nipsey one of the the one of the artists that got to go to the white house when barack was in office do you remember that Oh, yeah, when they all went. Uh, I, I, I think Nipsey was there. Was he? Because I know, like, T.I. was there. I know Killer a bunch Mike of random there, ones were there, too. There. But I feel like he might have been Rick because was he there. was so, like... I want to say Nip was there. Yeah, because he was so, like, just about his shit and what he was doing. I think like, Obama tweeted about him whenever he passed, too. So, yeah, I would yeah. say so he yeah, was there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And that was such a beautiful thing to see right there, too. Oh, Brock. All those, art all those artists in the White House, like, just standing oh, in the okay, Oval yeah. Office. That was, yeah, dude, man. you'll Shout never see some Barack shit like that. that again. Never again. Um, Yeah, the Nipsey tribute was very, was very special. It was very beautiful. All together. I think they did an amazing job with the carpet. They did an amazing job with the tribute. Shout out to BET for that one. Um, and, and since we kind of brought up Obama in it, something I wanted to talk about, it, it was it was more than just tweeting about him. He penned an open letter honoring. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Like he, he, he re like it was a full letter talking about, you know. I don't even think he put Nipsey Hussle in it. I think he put his real name in it. I, I think he did, too. Um, I'm going to try to pull it up right now, but... Um, he, you know, he'd even, oh, so I, he didn't get the chance to meet him. Okay. Oh, so, so he wasn't in the Oval Office. Um, but he mm. said that though there. he'd never Common met Nipsey, his daughter had introduced him to some of the rapper's music. In the wake of his death, he had learned more about his tireless efforts to lift up the community in Los Angeles. He was quoted as saying, while most folks look at the Crenshaw neighborhood where he grew up and see only gangs, bullets, and despair, Nipsey saw potential. He saw hope. He saw a community that, even through its flaws, taught him to always keep going. His choice to invest in that community rather than ignore it, to build a skills training center in a cowering space in Crenshaw, to lift up an Eritrean American community. I'm so sorry if I pronounce that ethnicity incorrectly. Um, to set an example for young people to follow is a legacy worthy of celebration. 
I'm about to cry again. Damn. <laughs> I can't. Don't read something like that. Jesus Christ, man. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle, man. So I'm I, glad they yeah, did it for all, him. All the tributes, everyone who's turned around and just had so many beautiful words to say about him. I just, it's, it's beautiful, but it's like heart-wrenchingly emotional. And I'm sure it is, you know, especially like for his mother and for Lauren, who they're, you know, going through the most personal grieving processes of their life and really trying to honor his spiritual well-being and his moving on to a higher path and higher life. And it, it, it just must be incredibly hard. Yo, and I don't mean to d- kind of go back from what you're saying, but hey, fuck that lady who recorded Lauren London running into the fucking hospital when she found out he died. Fuck you, lady. Oh yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. That was bullshit. Don't. You're don't a terrible person. She's fucking crying, saying, "Let me see my husband. Let me see my." Husband. This bitch gonna pull her phone out. That's your thought. Disgusting. Is you think you were talking helping? about? Like she, yeah, she didn't yeah. even try to help her through the doors, yeah, no like, nothing. What, what just pulled her doing? phone out like, oh, Lord I London, get <laughs> the fuck out of here. Don't do that. It's what we've talked about with people being so obsessed with clicks and views <sighs> and the That's idea of like blowing up social media and journalism and That's not journalism. mass media in general. But, you know, it's I mean, really, if we're if we're going to tie it back, I don't want to I don't mean to be like this huge history nerd. If anyone knows me, you know that I am. We've been seeing yellow journalism since William Randolph Hearst, who created it in what the early 1900s. What does that 1900s. term mean? So yellow journalism is the idea of inflating and enlarging stories to create publicity for yourself. It began with William Randolph Hearst when he, in having the San Francisco Examiner, was essentially pitted against Joseph Pulitzer running, oh God, I can't remember, I want to say his was The World, um, newspaper at the time and it was the back and forth you know everyone trying to get their hands on the most you know amount of views the most amount of readers for newspapers so, so kind of like propaganda yeah essentially and he was a big proponent of saying like he was a big proponent of the terminology like marijuana rather than cannabis to connect it to mexicans to connect it to the scare of all these immigrants and black people who smoke and so i mean if if we're talking about propaganda overstated inflated journalism that's not even real we've been seeing that since the early 1900s and it's just been normalized for this corruption to just be around for them to say well we just want the most readers we just want the most views he did that with every war that was happening he did that with pretty much any celebrity that was going on at the time i it just he was such a big proponent of it, and I see it so often in common media and for people who think, you know, oh, I just can't believe that media is like this now. I can't believe how obsessed with clicks people are. And it's like realistically when it comes to capitalism, people have always been obsessed with the clicks and the views and the readers and the money. It's just – it's disgusting I didn't how think we've about seen it. Like it. That, even though we got information so slow back in that day, I guess, yeah. It's also the idea now that you can keep track of it, whereas, you know – Certain people buy a magazine, whatever. You can't keep, you can't know what articles yeah. they're reading. Now you fucking can. Now it is that, oh. oh, you barely clicked on it. You didn't even really read it. You still clicked on it. That's something for them. Time stamp. Yep. All right, right. We are off on a tangent. Real but quick. it's just interesting how it's manifested, especially with technology advancing, just in the, in the crazy, you know, clicks, views, people posting, you know, photos of dead bodies and animal abuse Ugh. and all sorts of things that they can just Ugh. to be like, oh, can you believe this? Click, 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 click. So I Come just. On. No, I can't believe it. And no, I'm not clicking. <laughs> and I'm blocking you. Yeah, like, you're blocked. Um, so, yeah, man, rest in peace, Nip. The BET Awards did an amazing job with the tribute. I loved it. It brought me to tears. And I don't cry. I don't do that. That's not something I do. Um, but I guess a couple other uh, highlights of the show. Best new artist went to Lil Baby. I know you guys aren't the hugest Lil Baby fans. I 
I like a few of his songs. They're pretty cool. Right. Um, he has a lot of plaques that I didn't know about. 18 billion streams, which we're going to get into streams. on. So at some point, we have to have that conversation about streams and where the fuck our money and streams are going. But whatever. We're not going to do that now. But that's just crazy considering, you know, and for, for Two an albums. artist of his. Th- yeah. 18 million. That's yeah, impressive. That's a lot of streams. He has a lot of platinum plaques. Two times on a couple of them. Two times platinum. It's wild. Uh, best new group was the Migos. I don't know. I think they got it for Culture 2. They had to have because Culture 2 came out last year in January. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, I, I, You know, that honestly kind of bothers me for them to have been given that because in what fucking world are the Migos a new group? No, not best new group. Best group. Oh, I Just thought you period. said best new group. No, no, I was no. about to be like, are you fucking Yeah, City Girls would have got that, I think, if that was a thing. But I think QC as a whole should get it because they're so intermingled with each other. It's kind of wild. Um, best collaboration was Travis Scott and Push, uh, not Push, Travis Scott. Travis Scott and Drake for Sicko Mode. And I know that is a little touchy for some people because it was just shoved down our throats a million times. Yosemite altogether. Was that the name of the album, I think? Yes. No, Astro World. Yosemite was another song. Uh, I think that album was shoved down our throats a million times. So heavy. And I mean, when personally, when I think of Travis Scott, I don't even think of his music anymore. I think of that fucking meme of him oh with God. the microphone <laughs> stand over his head <laughs> looking like, you know, I I don't want to make the comparison, but I mean, he just, oh, man. Wasn't there another photo. one of him falling off the stage in auto-tune? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's what I think of when I think of Travis Scott. Like, I don't even think of his music. I don't think he has a lot of longevity as an artist, in my opinion. Like, I just... The only I thing I think of when I think of Travis Scott is, don't you open up that window. window. Oh. That's all I ever think of. Yes. I never think of Sicko Mode. Right. Or uh, what was the other album? Fucking uh, Birds in the Trap, McKnight, Sing, or some shit like that. But I think that also speaks to that was just the collaboration that was so mainstream at the time. It's all anyone thinks of because this ties back into it again where you're putting these stipulations where they're only looking at songs that are from the first half of a year ago. So it's like no one is remembering the 25 other collaborations they came out. When someone thinks of a collaboration from that time, they're like, oh, yeah, I just remember hearing sicko mode on my radio over, over and, and over, over again. And over. So I think that that also speaks to it tying in with the album stipulations on the timeline, because it's like when you're talking about something over a year ago that people aren't even remembering, it's like, yeah, the, the one that was most mainstream is going to be the one that comes up most. The one that was most annoying wasn't is going to be the one that comes to mind. Wasn't there also the bullshit on him getting a number one album last year because it included his uh, clothing sales? Yeah, uh, no, it was ticket bundles. Whenever you bought a certain amount of tickets, you got a download of the album. And Nicki Minaj was mad. That's why that was blown up so bad because hers hers didn't count. And I can't remember what she sold hers with. She sold it with something that wasn't in the, the thing, just like Khaled thing. But I can't remember what it was. But yeah, she was mad about that. For the bundle, since you're bringing up bundles and him bundling it with, did you say with the tickets? Yeah, it was if you bought Astro World's uh, the tour, tour tickets, tickets, you got a download of the album. So. With Chris Brown's Indigo tour. I think he's doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, where you buy tickets. It says you get a copy of the CD. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. From what I saw, it was it was a little dot, you know, it was a little asterisk <laughs> at the bottom because I saw it say Indigo tour, you know, with him, Ty Dolla Sign, Tory Lane, blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah, it had the little asterisk and it said every ticket bought receives um, one CD a album. A copy of the album? Yeah, it like said a, a copy physical of, copy? I, it didn't say physical, but it didn't say downloadable either. Mm. It said a copy of the album. Chris Brown might have found a loophole there, if you really think about it, because if you put a download in it and somebody streams, well, 
I, I don't know the stipulations on buying something off iTunes or if you physically went to Best Buy and bought the album. Right. I don't know if it's the same, but that might be a loophole he found. So I just thought that was interesting to bring up since we're talking about bundles. But yeah, I, I don't know. Travis Scott and Drake, like Sicko Mode. Did I hear it a million times? Yes. Did I know the lyrics probably by heart just because oh I heard God, it over yeah. and over and over? Yes. Do I think it deserved best collaboration? You know, maybe if someone could bring up to me other collaborations around that time, because, again, you just can't think of any. There's none that come to mind. Uh, Black and Future. East Atlanta Love Letter. Those are just two better artists off top that I I would want. (laughs) J. Cole and Black. I believe, no, I think Miguel's album came out in 2017. But still, I mean, either way you slice it and dice it, there's just... They go with what's most mainstream, what's most annoying, what got most stuck in everyone's head. Or then maybe because like Travis went to the Super Bowl. That could be that could be it too. I mean, maybe. Yeah, we're, we're, I don't think we need to go off on that tangent of the Super but, Bowl. Okay, actually, I'm since, upset. Since we're talking about the BET <laughs> Awards, and since we're talking about Travis Scott and performing at the Super Bowl, and you know, especially after the Kaepernick thing, and from multiple people turning oh, around and turning it down and saying, "No, bag. I won't perform the Super Bowl." For Travis Scott to turn around and do it, it kind of spoke to his morality and who he is as a person, in my opinion, as compared to other people who took a stand. And I think tying into that, tying into the BET Awards specifically. Um, I thought it was garbage that Lil Wayne wasn't honored at the BET Awards. This and year I think that goes back to the stipulations. But I was actually going to bring up before we before we leave the uh, best collaboration. If Kendrick and Wayne don't get it next year, I'm going to be mad. For Mona Lisa, yeah, that better be in the fucking yeah. running of best collaboration. Something that I wanted to bring up with the Carter five though, and why I think they didn't give him his flowers and the honors he deserves. So I don't know if you remember, but back in January, February ish, after the Grammys, the BET Facebook page posted like celebrating saying like, Oh, Cardi B wins Grammy for album of the year invasion of privacy. And then whoever on their social media managing team decided to also post on that same post while Nikki is still getting dragged by her lace front. Like they were essentially just trying to start shit. Like it was someone who, if you're a social media manager and you want to make jokes, especially like on fan pages and like in fun, there are ways to go about it. But especially when Cardi and Nikki's, I, I don't even want to call it beef because it was so perpetuated by other people and not even them. Yeah, I don't but think it had anything to do with for, either one of them. For that to be so heavily going on and for, for BET, for their actual, it was their verified Facebook page to celebrate Cardi the and, the, and okay. then to turn around, like to celebrate Cardi and then fucking in the same sentence to be like, but Nikki lost, she sucks. <laughs> like that's pretty much what that was. Nikki turned around because it was supposed to be her and Lil Wayne that were supposed to perform at this BET Awards. This one right now that just passed? And she turned around back in January or February and said, Young Money Cash Money will have nothing to do with the current BET Awards and experiences coming up this summer. And she even posted a screenshot from her and Lil Wayne's conversation where she was talking about, like, did you see how they did me? And he messaged her back, I am with you. Oh, well, yeah. And, Wayne's always and been so behind he her. didn't perform. So, yeah, it was supposed to be both of them from what I know. Definitely her, but both of them from what I know, because you don't really get one without yeah. the other, especially at an awards show like that. So I think that it was strictly out of spite 
And I think BET and their board turned around and they were like, fine, fuck Nikki and fuck Wayne, fuck them, fuck their entire group. None of them are getting awards. None of them got nominated. None of them got shit. Oh, Drake. Yeah, Drake got the best collaboration, but I don't think Drake got anything for Scorpion. Like, and that's what I'm talking about is I really think I think it was a spite thing. I think they turned around and they were like, fine, since you're going to pull your fucking headlining act. Well, and that's fucked up a BET to do because BET wouldn't be nowhere without Wayne period and that's something that nikki even spoke on when uh it was tweeted about like some some like fucked up happenings and them not being super well prepared at the awards um nikki even tweeted talking about oh yeah when you don't you know honor and take care of all the people that have been there for you for years when you fire a bunch of your good editors and writers and did like she went in on them and it was like deep deep it was like, damn, so... I, I need to pull those tweets up. I got to read those eventually. You know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pull that up right now for okay, you. Okay, for sure. I'll read that. That's wild. But And I I guess I get it in a sense because Nikki blasted them, so they're like, oh, we're going to be all... But come on, man. Wayne's been on the basement how many times? He killed the basement how many times? It's just... I don't know. I just think that they if really... It wasn't, if it wasn't for his number one hits that they're playing the videos to back when 106 in part was still a thing... I mean, come on. There's so many things you could tie Wayne back to a BET. Yeah, and I just think they really did him dirty. Like, I hope it was just a stipulation thing and it wasn't something to do with the spite. Deeper, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. That's something that I was just thinking about because I thought back on that drama because I was wondering why I didn't see Wayne or Nikki there or like a couple other people. You know what well, I mean? Because I, I mean, if even Drake was even there. Even Rihanna made a guest appearance, which that and it's everyone was like, "What, Rihanna?" Yeah, that never happens. Well, Rihanna hasn't been going to any of the, any of those uh, award ceremonies. Period. I think. Yeah. I think she went to the Met Gala this year. So that was something I thought about. You know, I saw her, but I, I didn't see them. So yeah, I, yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm thinking it's about. Anyways, that's what I'm thinking it's tied into. So I went ahead and looked up that tweet because I wanted to actually have a good gauge on her words. I don't want to put words in her mouth. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so. Apparently, Music News Facts tweeted, with only 2 million views, the 2019 BET Awards was the show's lowest ratings ever. And Nikki quote tweeted it, saying, when you go out of your way to be spiteful and hurt artists who have always supported your show, when you fire great people who have put their heart and soul into the show, when you'd rather be a messy reality show than a prestigious award show, when you're still being dragged by that lace. That's and what they said to, that's what to Nikki? She, that's what Nikki said back to the in Ooh, regards to them having shots the lowest. fired. Yeah, that Holy was her shit. saying, yeah, that's why you guys had the lowest ratings this year is because y'all just spit in the faces of every artist who's helped you. Yeah, because Wayne, I mean, I've already said it once. I'll say it again. If it wasn't for Wayne's Fireman, if it wasn't for Hustler Music, if it wasn't for Got Money, if it wasn't for Millie, if it wasn't for so many singles he has put out, so many features he has been on, we wouldn't even know BET played music videos. I honestly wouldn't have remembered that. You would have just remembered them for some of their garbage shows and then some really good shows. Uh, yeah, they put out of oh, did I ever t- oh, this is a tangent, tangent alert. I met uh, the guy from College Hill when College Hill was a show. That was a show on BET where they put like it was kind of like the Jersey Shore, like they put like eight college yeah. kids in the uh, in a in a in a house. I met Anthony off College Hill, which. He probably will never hear this. I don't even know how old he is at this point. But I actually have his autograph and took a picture with him. That's cool. How old were you? I I just turned fifteen. It was my fifteenth birthday at Red Lobster. He was a waiter. He was still he was still in college. He was at Morehouse. And where 
what what vicinity area would this have been in at the time? I was in Marietta. I was at the East West Connector right there at the uh, Red Lobster there. So, so not yeah, pretty cool. Not even like Atlanta, Georgia, like no, Marietta. No. <laughs> yeah, but I think he lived like halfway in between because Marietta is like 15 minutes outside of Atlanta. Morehouse right. College is pretty close. Um, since the tangent is over. Oh, I wanted to talk about something that just popped off since this will be dropping on Sunday. It'll be a couple of days away from now, and we'll be able to talk a little more next week about any developments regarding it. But in Belgium, Ooh, the fire fail. Yeah, in Belgium, there was supposed to be a festival taking place today. Today is Friday, June 28th, for anyone wondering when we're recording. It was supposed to take place today in Belgium called the Vestaville. And I don't know if it's called Vestaville Festival because that would just be dumb, but it might just be Vestaville. That's probably what you say in their language, too. It might roll off the tongue a little bit better. But they came out with their lineup. And I mean, it was an insane lineup. It was like ASAP, Rocky, Cardi B, Future, Meek Mill. Why do you like all of these huge names? Which I just want to make a little side note and say, how is that even realistic when Meek Mill is at Oh My right now? Oh, yeah. He is doing and that so tonight. And so it's like how, how... How is he supposed to be in Belgium yeah, and in America? In both places. Um, but it was supposed to have all of these giant headliners. It was supposed to happen today. They did just like Fire Festival. It was supposed to have like good food and drinks and a private garden <laughs> and like luxurious villas yo, for them to stay yo, in. Check out the video of the private garden. Go on Twitter and look at the, pri- the it looks private like my garden. backyard. It literally it looks like a hike that we take any other day in the mountains of our town. Like so essentially oh they were supposed to have God. all of these huge names come the day of the festival. Two or three hours, bef- like after it's supposed to start, so it's like it's already supposed to be three. So people hours. are there. Yeah, they're there, Obviously, waiting to be let in. It's supposed to be happening. The people from Vestaville come out and say the mayor has shut it down. They apparently Bullshit. didn't go through and get the proper city ordinances. Oh, yeah, like that far. They didn't get the proper city ordinances. They didn't have food or drink vendors like they claimed. On top of that, ASAP Rocky's team pulled him from this place they took him there realized there was no security turned to these people and were like you can't guarantee the safety of travis i mean sorry of asap rocky during his performance or the audience either like he, he can't do any of the normal stuff like we can't do explosives we can't do, we can't do shit you can't do shit oh you can't guarantee God. his safety they just pulled him from it all together oh. so when asap rocky tweeted <coughs> saying like oh that he would you know he's been pulled from it Everyone, it went up in like a firestorm on Twitter. People are like, "Oh, ASAP Rocky canceled Vestaville." <laughs> ah, like, and all you know, he was just being honest. He was just speaking on it. But it's the fact of they had this crazy lineup that would have been impossible to produce anyways. Yeah, it was supposed to be this beautiful festival. People paid money for it. People are there to the point where it's already supposed to be started and you guys come out and say it's canceled that you guys didn't go through any of the permits or ordinances you guys didn't secure any of the vendors that you thought you would like nothing ended up going how you thought it would and then people turned around and they were like well fuck you guys they broke into the lot where it was supposed to be held and people are just fucking around on the empty stages and in the empty lot like that's wild yo and I think I think that's that still ties back into social media, and I think that's more a FOMO than anything. It's the fear of missing out. You know, whenever you put something out like that, like, oh, Cardi B, you know, like all the big names you saw, people look at that and they're like, no, I want to go. I have to be there. Right, they don't even look into it. Yeah. They don't look they into don't, the background, not, the story, who's, who's putting who's it on. Who's throwing it on, yeah. Because, I mean, that's what 
Fire Festival. Fryer? How do you say that shit? Fire, yeah. Fire Festival? Yeah, but... Yeah. Hey, so oh, <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. Go Something ahead. I wanted to point out is, funny enough, guess who was on the lineup? Ja Rule. Oh, shit. Anything this man attaches his name to is just going down. Back at it again. It's like <laughs> it's like fucking Drake's curse on sports teams that everyone talks oh, about. Geez. Like that. That's Ja Rule's no, legacy now. It's been, did it. it's been Drake. Anytime he's been fucking talking about sports teams and shit, they tend to fail. Oh, like they shit. just fail heavy. And it's just funny because that's now that's Ja Rule's legacy now. That is now the meme around him. Oh Anything you attach him to. Oh, is the Bucks fail. opening night. Did you see that? You didn't see Ja no, Rule at the Bucks thing? It was like the nineties night. And for one, Ja Rule's album came out in ninety nine at the end of the year, so he's not even a nineties artist. So I don't know who booked him, but he got he got up there and he's like, Y'all ready to have some fun? Nothing. That's what happened. Cricket, Just cricket, everybody nothing. was like, he's, he's all, okay. I mean, shout out to him because he kept doing it, but yeah. Cricket, cricket, <laughs> yeah. Cricket. <laughs> he couldn't pull off the R-U-L-E. Oh. <laughs> no Jennifer Lopez there. Mm-mm. No Ashanti to save you. No Murder, Inc. to save you. It was just fucking wild. Yeah, Murder, uh, yeah, Ja Rule just needs to stop trying to put on festivals or being in festivals altogether. I want to say stop while you're ahead, but bro, you're not even ahead. Like, please just stop. (laughs) (laughs) You know know what's funny is him and Joe Budden play fantasy football together. I do not know how Joe Budden has not reached out to him on like a friend level. (laughs) It's just been like, bro, I don't know if I can play, but we can't be in the same league. Oh, I could, uh, uh, yeah, I'd be like, bro, I can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't be friends. Oh my god! Even in the gaming community, that says something. Like the gaming community talking about like fantasy shit and all that. Like, oh yeah, I know. Them, like, e- even in there, they're like, nah, dude, you are at the bottom of the ranks now. God, like, Jesus Christ, that says something. That's fucking wild. Uh, which when, since we're on the topic of Joe Budden, um, he's doing a pull up with Russ. Well, he already did it, but it's dropping on Sunday. I don't know if you guys checked out the ASAP Ferg one, but the ASAP Ferg one is pretty dope. There's a couple questions I'm kind of mad Joe didn't ask, but I know Joe's in his media space now. He can't be as crazy as he was right. on the internet back in the day. How long ago did that one come out? <coughs> uh, last week. I want to say he's dropping pretty consistent on Saturday, Sunday. That that gives me a lot of hope for ASAP Ferg possibly dropping something soon, and I oh, would really, I really look forward to that because we haven't heard anything from him since summer of 2017. He actually did a random collaboration with a bike company. Really? Yeah. It's That's a pretty f- dope. F- I don't forget what they call it, but ASAP Ferg did his own, like he has, his, I think his name is on the uh, frame, and it's a whole little bike you can buy. It's a little BMX yeah, bike. Yeah, I, uh, I love ASAP Ferg. I would love to hear something else come <laughs> from him. Personally, I, I would put Still Striving in, in one of my, like, possibly could be a classic if it wasn't for the fact that there are so many features on it. You know what I mean? But, I, like, I love Still Striving. I, I definitely think if he comes out with something new, especially after doing the pull-up with Joe Bun, I, I think it'll be amazing. Yeah, I, I hope he does put out something yeah. soon. So how was the one with Russ, though? Um, like I said, it comes out Sunday, so by the time this is out, everybody can go listen to it. Go listen to it. Um, but the clip I saw, uh, Joe kind of did ask him a pretty hard question, I guess you'd say. is uh, They were talking about how him being white has helped him. And that's um, and I'm tying this back into a few tweets that uh, Russ I think I think has since deleted because um, it's kind of it's it's some things that I don't think a lot of people in the music industry would want any artist to be saying right but he t- but um in the little clip it's like 30 seconds I think it's just on it was on Instagram and um <coughs> he talks about how him being white helped him 
And Joe's like, well, yeah, obviously it helped, but how uh, Russ feels like he's still an outside commodity of the hip-hop culture because he is white. Even though his white, him being white has skyrocketed him into where he is now. Especially in the mainstream. Yeah, but it's also keeping him out of the circle of hip-hop. You know, I think that's really interesting, and I think that's a good conversation to have um, between him and black men and women specifically, you know, people who are who I guess you could consider on the inside of the circle simply because, you know, in my opinion, certain barriers that are up in hip hop, you know, it's it's not this weird reverse racism towards white people. It's simply, you know, protecting their culture. Yeah. You know, there are so many culture vir- vultures that exist yeah. that, you know, have come in and just have made money off of you know, hip hop and people in hip hop and, you know, have taken advantage of the lives and deaths of certain artists to the point where, you know, there has to be that protection that that is put in place. So I I think it's definitely fair to say, you know, that he is kind of that outside commodity, but there is a reason for it. And it's really important to address, you know, what it's meant for white people to take over certain genres that were started by the black community you know it's really impossible to talk about almost any genre of music without tying it back to the black community one of the biggest ones is specifically rock and roll and you know now in the alternative rock and roll metal scene you know black people are ostracized they are very often pushed out it is it's disgusting to see the racism that is in the alternative scene considering that it was black culture that started the rebellion of rock and roll you know what i mean and so i think to watch the entirety of the genre be gentrified and to have black people pushed out of it and to fight so hard. I mean, you go to a metal show and the black people that are there, they, they, they practically have to fucking prove themselves. It's disgusting. You know what I mean? And so I don't go to those shows. Right. But it's, it's just absolutely disgusting. They practically have to prove themselves to be there. But in my opinion, you know, you, you can't even acknowledge alternative culture without tying it into black culture. So it's, oh, it's yeah. just a protection barrier more than anything, because we've seen what's happened to other genres of music. And I think that also ties in really interesting to his white privilege, because that, that's obviously going to be. And there. he spoke on it. You so know? I can't wait to see the whole thing, because I, I really want to see where he took that. Because like I said, it was only a 30 second clip. So I really mm-hmm. want to see the whole thing get tied in in. Um, I think Russ has. I think I think Russ has proved himself to the hip hop community. I think so, at least. I don't. I don't know how everybody feels about Russ. I mean, he does have that split divide. Like you either love him or you hate him. Right. But um, besides that, I think um, I think hip hop is also very welcoming, in that sense. Like, doesn't matter yeah. if you're black, white, Chinese. Cause, I mean, you got Jin, you got China Mac, right. you have uh, uh, other s- Hispanic artists that I mean, they thrive in the hip hop community. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there is kind of that little. There probably is an inner circle somewhere because, I mean, you got to think about when I think of real hip hop, I think of the locks. I think of style, uh, Styles P, Jada Kiss. I think of Dave East. I think of like Jay-Z. Like, I think there is that small conglomerate of old school boom bap rap. Right. Who a lot of artists, I think, like Russ, would want their praise. Right. Because that's that's to them. That's them being make it. But um, yeah, just, to, just to touch on the fact that he was talking about him being white, the, the String of tweets he put out, and I haven't even showed these guys. I haven't even showed this to you guys yet. So uh, what Russ said was, uh, the industry owned and ran by white people uses young, naive, financially desperate black kids to uh, perpetrate negative black stereotypes that turn, turn, hold back, and further destroy the black community. Black kids are being used as weapons of mass destruction against their own people. As a guest in the house of hip hop, I can't I can't just come in here and take take take, which is what white people historically do. Anything black created, 
I have to give back to the culture that's allowing me to take care of myself and my family. I try to do that by shedding light on the music business pitfalls to avoid. Other things that I've learned that I feel could benefit anybody who's trying to uh, navigate the industry. I know a lot of time the how is harsh, but I want everyone to win in their own terms and not get swindled. And I and hopefully y'all get that. You know, something that I really, you know, it's a it's a love and hate that I have with that series of tweets because he acknowledges how accepting hip hop has been to him and how it's allowed him to feed himself and his family and how it's it's wrong of him as a and I love that he uses the terminology guest as a mm -hmm. guest in hip hop. It, it's wrong of him to not acknowledge certain things. And I completely agree on that. I think part of it as well, maybe the reason that that series of tweets wasn't super well received is in the beginning, the critique, especially about black culture and regarding young black men, I think is something that should really be heard about from black people. You know what I mean? And I think maybe it's just he kind of overstepped his bounds a little bit in the beginning because, you know, that's something that there are so many black activists who speak to the weaponizing of their own young men, who speak to the prison pipeline. You know what I mean? So I think, in a sense, you, you have to uplift and, you know, really stand back and let those voices be heard before he could really, you know, kind of pop in on it. But I, I just I loved the end where he talks about, you know, he can't not acknowledge what white people do just because of where he is and what his status is, because that's so true. That is so absolutely true. You know, I again, as a white person, I'm not going to speak on it too much. I there are multiple Again, black activists who their voices should be heard so heavily on this matter and yeah, should be most amplified. Um, but, you know, I, I think I mean, it's disgusting what the top people in Hollywood and in the top people in media do to black culture. Yeah, I think it's disgusting. And I think it ties in, you know, to police brutality. I think it ties into how we view certain uh, ventures in rap and hip hop because, you know, people speak to rap and hip hop as if it's not a well deserved like awarded category they speak to it as if it's still some you know terrible ostracized uh, I can't I can't stand rap music can't believe the kids listen to this nowadays that's still views that people yeah. hold yeah yeah so I yeah I think that's all kind of tied together in that yeah I just I well yeah okay I get everything you're saying but I just I think it's shout out to Russ for actually kind of I guess you could say it's taking a stand but at least he's at least he's a he's acknowledging the fact yeah. that he is making money off something that white people do uh, put pit black people against each other for. Because, I mean, Russ is white. The whole, most of the industry is ran by white people. If Absolutely. you look at Sony, if you look at uh, Universal, if you look at any of these big name uh, conglomerates of record labels that own so, so many separate record labels that you wouldn't even know. Like you hear of 300 ENT, that's actually Universal. It doesn't matter how you break it down. It's universal at the end of the day. Atlantic, universal. Epic, Sony. Everywhere ties back to these big companies. And I mean, this is just this is just conspiracy theory me again. But I think that is wild that Russ is actually acknowledging it. Because I don't think he's signed at the moment. I think he's still doing this all on his own. I could be wrong. I'll have to look into it later. But I think it's wild that he has some kind of knowledge, some kind of something to know what these people are doing to be like, hey, I know, I know this is going on, and I think it's fucked up of me to not say anything. Right. So maybe it wasn't his time and space, and maybe he isn't the one to do it, but at least he can start the conversation because he is white, 
Right. At least he's willing to break that boundary when so many artists stay silent. Yeah. You know? I mean, Rich the Kid for a while was sitting there crying out to us and we did nothing. At the end of the day, we still did nothing. I feel that. But um, he actually has another tweet. I guess somebody said something about all white people are evil. He was like, I'm talking about a very specific thing. White people, yes, old white people own the music industry contract contractually and are the ones who decide which black kids go uh, get signed where. And even though the black kids they signed, they themselves wouldn't allow their own kid to associate with them. Yeah. yeah. They have too much power over something that they didn't create, hip hop, and that they don't own black culture. It's a simple, the whole skin color doesn't matter, it's 2019, narrative from a white person is wildly convenient, and your priv- privilege is screaming. Black people get reminded their skin color their skin color matters in a way we, because I'm white too, so exactly, could never understand, because we have the privilege of not being systematically plotted against due to our skin color. So we... So how nice for us that we simply get to conveniently not care about skin color. Wake up. No one's trying to divide anyone. It's about making the white people who might be unaware aware so that we can have real equality. Not I have black friends, so I'm not racist equality. Right. I God, every part of that was so hit the nail on the head, especially because. Shout out to Russ for getting in his bag. I mean, getting out of yep. his crazy tweets. Right. Shout out to him for doing that right now. But I'm, you know, just, <clears throat> you know, something that I think of with that, with the whole oh, all white people are evil. And it's like, you know, if that's going to be your response to every single time we have a legitimate critique to something going on in the world, then you are purposefully misunderstanding what's happening. You know what I mean? That That is so purposeful yeah. at that point. All white people are evil. No, we're talking about something systematic. We're talking about systematic oppression that is happening every single day, not only in the United States, but all over the world. But it is so very obvious that it is happening in front of our eyes, on our front doors. Ties into fucking that we t- talked about police brutality in the last episode. Ties into how we talk about fucking when it comes to things about <coughs> mass media and what's happening in the media and journalism and things of that sort. It's just prison pipeline i mean all of it all of it ties into what is currently happening in our country in systematic oppression no matter how much people want to talk about individual circumstances and oh you're saying that all of these white people are evil no we're saying that as a whole when you're talking about history and context not biography history we are talking about something systematic systematic and you are just ignoring it at this point like it's purposeful yeah i mean yeah like you said he hit the heat nail on the head I, I think he was pretty nice about it, saying, you know, making the unaware white people aware. Because at this point, if you aren't aware, you're you're purposely not listening. Yeah, you're but, just racist. But, yeah, I think, you know, he was really right in what he said. And I think you have to be willing to have that self-introspection, you know, that reflection to, to say, you know, this is what I grew up with. This is what I might have learned. This is what I inherently taught was right. And I'm going to turn away from that. And I'm going to say, no, I recognize what is systematically in place. And I'm going to turn against that. And I'm going to go my own way. And it just... It speaks to him. It speaks to him his in a growth, huge manner. His yeah. huge growth over the past, what, two years? And he is still such a young man. You know what I mean? It's it, He's not he's that age. old. So I, it's it's something really cool. I, I'm really excited to see not only what's going to be in his book that's coming up. Oh, but I know. Now I'm ready for it. Right? <laughs> More than ever but now. I mean, I think that interview with Joe Bunn will be really interesting. <sighs> so it'll be really cool to that. see what's coming from him, especially, you know, kind of seeing what he's on right now. Yeah, man. Shout out to Russ again because, fuck, Russ is amazing. I don't know, just for that, that's amazing. I don't know. That was cool. Oh, okay. Do you want to get into that now? Yeah, so. So, 
with it being June and with this episode should be dropping on the 30th since we'll be at the end, I wanted to go ahead and talk about, you know, a little a little fun Pride Month stuff. Um, you know, for as far as hip hop culture has come, there's still a lot of critiques on how welcome queer people are in the hip hop community and in yes, the culture. So I just wanted to go ahead and take a couple minutes to shed some light on some really good artists that if you haven't checked out, maybe you should, maybe they won't be your sound, maybe they will. Some artists that you've probably heard before and you may not know, or you know, just some random little things <coughs> who I, th I think is important to give that acknowledgement, especially now that you know Pride Month is coming to an end and we've seen so many brands you know, commercialize and profit off of queer people forever you know, 21 right so let, so let's actually turn around and talk about some gotcha. actual people that you could put your money towards or you know if you don't like them and don't want to put your money towards them we can still just acknowledge them um i specifically want to talk about some gay men so cakes to killa has been around for a few years now say his name for me one cakes more time cakes de killa cakes cakes Ooh. yeah okay. yeah like booty cheeks oh, yeah um, hashtag cake so he he's pretty dope you know if you listen to his music it's definitely some some upbeat some vibe and music dance club music okay um i think a lot of women would really be into what he's putting out especially i mean if, if you're really vibing with you know like megan the stallion if you vibe with even you know cardi b stuff like that you know you just want some good fun so city girls you want some good fun stuff to listen to i think cakes tequila is someone great dre bay is also someone amazing if we're talking about gay men did he do the song with megan um Yes, from what I know, he collabed with Megan. Okay. I, I haven't heard it, so I don't know if it's out, but um, he he spoke on her because, you know, people were asking when she was first popping up, like, oh, is she friendly to the LGBTQ community? And he spoke out and said, like, no, I worked with her. I talked with her. I'm friends with her. She's dope. You know what I mean? There, there, There's no problem in that instance. So he's really cool. You know, if you find him on Twitter, it is DreBay underscore um, he in his bio has a link to like his most recent song that just okay. came out and whatnot. Um, but he's pretty dope. A lot of a lot of people on Twitter follow him. He has like a, a pretty good he following has a hive. on there. Yeah, definitely. Okay, um, the Dre Bay Hive. Shout out yeah, to y'all. So so people that are into like more low key artists who are kind of like popping up, more fun sounding. That's that's definitely people would know him. Um, and since we were just talking about Case Tequila, I wanted to talk about Mickey Blanco, which. I'm going to refer to this person as they because I, I don't know how they identify personally, um, but they do have a feminine personality in performing. Um, but Cakes Tequila has worked with Mickey Blanco, and I think they're super interesting. Love the sound and vibe they got going on. If you haven't had a chance to check Is them Mickey out. Is Mickey Blanco more than one person? No, no, no. It's just a single person, but I don't know how they identify, so I'm not going to okay, say yeah, he or she. Okay, gotcha. So, um. But they're super cool. They're, I, I like their song with Cakes Tequila, the, you know, their little collab stuff that they've done. Um, really impressive artist. I mean, all of these are just really impressive artists, and they're really fun sounds, in my opinion. You're not going to get, you know, some bullshit, sad, like, oh, let me cry about my life, because that's not really the music that I'm into anymore, especially. It's really fun. This is what, this is what could be played in queer clubs. This is what the community is really getting down about. Another good one is a... Yeavesdropper with a Y. I'm pretty sure he's from uh, London, but he does have a good voice. He does have some pretty good bars on him. Like he's also a very good, I want to say, queer artist. So does he do more of the upbeat, or is he more of like bars? M more upbeat, more like like dance music. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. but still a good artist as well. Um, and then I figure all, and, and you know, if if we're gonna be talking about queer artists, I am 
always going to give my props to Frank Ocean. I think he's phenomenal. Um, I think it was awful that, you know, homophobia and, you know, just knowing what it meant coming into the culture that he had to hide it for the time that he did and had to be closeted. Um, You know, but I think it speaks to such strength when he came out in 2012, when he did like that open letter and really, you know, came out to everybody. And I think it was amazing. His crew and friends that stood by him, not, not that, you know, it's okay to just drop your friends, but I think for the backlash that people were expecting, you know, it meant a lot at the time to, for Frank Ocean to do what he did. So props to him always. But then I want to, I want to pop over um, into women a little bit. So uh, Azalea Banks, you Before know, we leave Frank Ocean. How did we not notice and miss, uh, not missing you um, thinking about you? Great Did song. you guys ever catch that line that he said every time? Yes. A potato I, no. poo around no. my, oh my room gosh. before you came. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> In the song, before he started saying, uh, whenever he did the, I'm, I've been thinking about you. No, no, no. Boy, I've been thinking about you. Oh, no. He says, boy. Good on him. Which I, d- I, I don't think a lot of people caught until after he came out as right. gay. And I think that's just or another thing. I don't think he's gay. I think he's bisexual. Th- I think that's just a no. I mean, you know, I'm not sure and I'm not going to speak on it. It's not my place to. But I think that speaks to how he was kind of edging the line of being ready to come out and sort of, you know, his friends knew, people knew. So I think that just sort of was a little it was a little hint you know what i mean it was a little it was a little yeah something yeah. waiting he tried to say it exactly but he realized that he people weren't ready. gonna he realized people weren't gonna get the hint and he was like fuck i really gotta come out about this yeah because uh, I, I mean i don't think we would have got blonde the way we did no because i definitely not. think there's a couple songs on there that were dedicated to a man yeah yeah and i think you know i think him being a queer man that that in itself is going to be such an important part of who he is and his personality and what he puts into his music. You know, we talk about how artists put so much into their music, their blood, sweat, tears, everything they have, their physicality, their mentality. So for artists to be putting everything in it, especially, you know, artists nowadays who, I mean, literally we have artists that push themselves to the brink of death for their work. Yeah. So when talking about that, I think, you know, you have to acknowledge him being queer because, yeah, it's going to affect his music. It's going to affect the projects he puts out and what we receive from him and what's truly from the heart. So, yeah, I think Blonde was was what it was because of him coming out. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I wanted to jump over into women a little bit. Um, so Azalea Banks, you know, pretty much everyone knows her. She's a lot of people's problematic fave. I'm not going to go into reasons that she's problematic. Don't really feel like talking about it. Um, but if you haven't given a couple of her songs a listen, not only does she have a really good flow, in my opinion, I think she has fucking bars in certain songs. I Is she think. a rapper or a singer? Um, a little bit of both. Okay. It's, it's a both sort She's of like thing. like the female Drake? Yeah, and she has, like, upbeat <laughs> vibes in certain songs, but she has, a, you know, I think she has a great flow. I think she has um, really good lyricism in a lot of her songs, and... I think she's really interesting. So not only does she have, you know, slower, vibier songs, she does have really upbeat dance songs. But no matter what, if you listen, you also just get good bars from her. You get, you know, good words. It's not just going to be rhyme, 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 something okay. dumb, something So she's got metaphors. Yeah. She got the, so okay. I, I really enjoy her work. Um, Double entendre, don't even ask someone me Someone else I really enjoy who... 
I don't know if she's specifically bi or maybe she's pansexual, but her name is Nadia Rose. She comes out of the UK. I think London specifically. Um, she is, I don't know if you've ever heard of Stormzy. Mm, um, no. She is. Is that a group or is that a person? It's a person. Uh, she's his cousin. And so he's he's pretty well renowned and known throughout London and through performance shows and stuff like that. And he literally just performed in Oh God, please don't hit me up if I pronounce this wrong, Glastonbury, um, in the UK, and shouted her out on stage. Oh, that's what's up. Um, and and a couple other female artists specifically, and and also I haven't looked too much into Stormzy, so I do not know if this is specifically a he so please don't also hit me up about that i just thought it was cool when i read about it i just really love nadia rose um when asked about her sexuality you know someone on twitter was like is nadia rose gay and she said half so like she is attracted to women (laughs) she has songs about women um and one of my favorite songs from her if you are gonna listen to her at all look up nadia rose big woman Yes. Big, big woman. woman. Yeah, that's yes. it's so good. It's such a good Is fucking song. Is that about song. big women? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, and it's a, it's a cool ass video. Um she mm. performs really I don't want to call her stuff upbeat necessarily, but it's it's really cool electronic beats that she raps over and she has good bars and flow. I think she's really really good with her bars and flow. I enjoy her lyricism i enjoy the production of the beats um i think she's really really good so if you're gonna check her out i, I definitely recommend her i have to listen to a couple of these people because i i i think that speaks to america for one because there probably is a lot of uh uk artists and I'm, french yeah, artists and german and yeah well not even that but they're more accepting because mm-hmm. you're saying they, that this person, I don't want to, I don't want to say it either. I also don't want to say homo, they're homosexual or whatever. I don't want to say anything. But w- since we are talking about Pride Month, just keep that in context. That they probably have a lot bigger of a audience over there than we are a, a, of accepting here in America. Right, right, and their, you know, their hip hop culture also sounds entirely different in other countries as well. There's different themes and different movements that start over there make their way over here or vice versa start over here and make their way over there so you know we might be hearing certain things come out of you know europe in the uk that we could you know hear over here in the u.s in five years so i i think it's really cool to be able to check out and to kind of get a a grasp on that and a vibe on that um but that was just something i had to talk about oh and uh you know because nadia rose just phenomenal so that was someone i just had to throw in there that's someone who's a personal favorite of mine who i've listened to her for a few years um and i just i love her i don't think she's ever come to the u.s for anything but if she does i will definitely be at that show like i definitely would be at that show um and someone else you know uh for instance, a more common name that you would hear in like queer culture would be Big Frida. Um, Still nothing. <laughs> Drake song. Uh, oh God, I would have to fucking I would have to pull it because I don't know his songs was by he, name. Was, was this person in the song? Yeah, yeah, as like a little back vocals, and as well in um, Beyonce's "Flawless" in the very beginning. There's a speech read. Um, so. That person is, I, I want to say that this person identifies as she, um, super queer, super amazing, just really big forefront, just, I mean, 
love it. Just absolutely love it. I'm going to go ahead and, oh, my God, I have to reconnect to the Wi-Fi again. Sorry, I'm just going to have a bit of a dead silence and take a pause in this moment. And that's the thing is I'm not quite sure if it's big Frida or Fridia because it's F-R-E-E-D-I-A. So I'm so sorry if I'm wrong on that, but it, it looks like just Frida. Um, but, you know, Big Frida's been around since, you know, like early 1990s, uh, came out of New Orleans, for instance. Um, known oh, so she's here in America. Yeah, yeah. Known oh, okay. super, super in the culture. Um, and like I said, been around since the early 90s. But if we're talking about more mainstream exposure, fucking she like was booked for a showcase at South by Southwest. Um, that uh, technically got canceled after an injury, but... That was like in 2010. So we're talking, you know, 10 years after she even came into the game, really. Um, and then later on, you know, named Best Emerging Artist and Best Hip Hop Rap Artist. And then, I mean, even later on, I, I mean, just really a lot throughout the years. And anything that you can find, um, like literally uh, she headlined... Um, an event at like multi the same venue multiple times, like year after year was kind of recurring in 2016, Beyonce released formation and um, she has a sampled speech from messy Maya and big Frida where Frida's heard saying, everyone will know this quote from Beyonce's song. It's literally her saying, I did not come to play with you po hoes. I came to slay bitch. I like <laughs> cornbread and collard greens, bitch. Like, and it's the beginning of the song flawless. And that it, it's such a good fucking little, you know, what? actually it might not be flawless. It might be. Oh, fuck. I can't even remember. No, it was formation. It was in the beginning of formation. That's oh, why okay. it was so big. I Yeah, because in the beginning of flawless, it's a different speech from another activist. But um, it was so. It was so big. That was like such a mainstream opening for Big Frida. You know what I mean? And then in like more recent work, um, she worked with uh, Manny Fresh, also out of New Orleans. Um, yes, it was nice for what? See, I never remember Drake's names of the songs. I really had to look it up. Oh, but okay. Yeah, you okay. would have heard Big yeah, Frida yeah, yeah. on Nice For What. I did hear that. Um, and she just signed her first major record deal with Asylum Records and uh, released the first single off of her EP, Third Ward Bounce. That's Logic's so uh, record label. Really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, Asylum. You um, actually, no, keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll, I'll get into that. In but I just thought it was really important to kind of speak on her for a minute because of how much she's put into it. I mean, just being around since the early 1990s, spending so long to put your name into mainstream hip-hop culture – it it's fucking hard it's fucking hard as a queer person as a gender non-conforming person as someone who just exists but people don't like you for existing oh, yeah. you know and, what and i don't mean don't forget about uh, young ma i mean even though she's kind of fell off but don't we can't forget yeah. about her in this kind of i think that i think it's such an important part though to talk about her falling off though especially after fucking kodak black said those disgusting sexualized oh comments God. about her and fucking you know and i i genuinely think she no matter how good, no matter how much I liked her, I thought she had amazing bars. I just think she was not as welcomed in the community, and I think that she didn't garnish the reputation she deserved. I think that people just looked at her as, you know, that dyke lesbian in the game, and, like, they, no one really listened to her. And I, th so I, I think, think that's a piece off. of it, but I think also she got that money. 
As yeah. soon as Ooh came out and she got that money, she thought, yo, Ooh's going to last a while. So let me go on all these vacations. She also I'm not going to work. A professional porn production You're not through Pornhub, mm-hmm. a le- a, like a, a lesbian, like feature film type of one. It was called like The Visionary's Gift or something. And it she was a, in it? No, no, no. She produced and directed it from what I know. Like oh, she created okay. it. That's, that's um, wild. So that was something, you know, so she she was in her bag on multiple things. But, yeah, her falling off, I think, does tie into kind of the homophobia still in the community. Um, but if we want to talk about the like the down and dirty, grimy underground community, I think it's important to mention three specific femcs that are in the game right now who are queer and non-conforming. So I'm going to say they are femme personalities, but m- they're they're pretty gender non-conforming, you know, dressing pretty androgynously and whatnot. But um, Oompa, who identifies as queer, kind of dresses in that, like, middle, you know, masculine-feminine. Brandy Blaze, who, I mean, she is fat, she is black, she is queer. Like, she goes hard on the stage. And then Red Shades, who is pansexual but also gender non-conforming. Um, all three of them, uh, I, they don't all come out of the same area, but all three of them performed in Boston last year together, oh, okay. specifically performing together because all three of them are gender non-conforming and queer and just feeling like like the, we want similar sounds and similar people on the stage. We want to uplift our own community and shit like that. So I just thought that was super dope, you know, and it was it, it was an MC battle like they they went up for a performance like that. And that's what I'm like. They're they're femcs. Okay. They're, that's what so they, they got do. bars, bars. Yeah. Yeah. They're actual MCs, And I'll, I'll have to send you some links to them because all yeah, three of them I, are dope. I feel like I'm so close minded because I have no idea who you're talking about, to be honest. Right, I'm not even going to sit here line. But all three of them, super dope. Definitely people to look into. All three of them have bars. All three of them go hard as fuck on a stage on a, you know. In a battle, I mean, it, they're definitely three people to look out for, especially if you're in the MC community. You know what I mean? Shout and out to them. I mean, I wish I had the fucking applause button right now, but... <laughs> right, we don't have it, but... But that was just my kind of little <laughs> expose on some different queer artists that I think are worth checking out, whether you're into bars and flows, whether you're just into the uplifted dance scene. You the know, melodic. Yeah, there, there's, ev- there's something for everyone in the scene, especially the queer artists. So, you know, put some support towards them. Give them that, that recognition. Give them those flowers. Um, and I wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit, since we're talking about Pride Month, I want to talk a, bit, a little bit about uh, conspiracy. I don't know how true it is, since he hasn't really spoken on it. And it's like, I'm not going to say it's none of my business, because, you know, public speculation is public speculation. But there is connections to Lil Nas X um, being previously someone who ran a Nicki Minaj stan account, a very gay man who ran a Nicki Minaj stan account. So people have been speaking to kind of his straight pandering and his more recent songs and whatnot that he's going to be dropping because he's pretending essentially, well, they're saying that he's pretending to be a straight man. He's distanced himself entirely and has said that that account was not him. It had nothing to do with him. Um, and if you know Stan accounts, you know that their avies, their avatars on them are usually of other people, celebrities, memes, things of that sort. Yeah, um, you usually don't put yourself on, on a right. fan page. But there are some <laughs> screenshots of old tweets from this page in which the avatar is what I believe to be a pretty obvious photo of him. Not to mention the at name of it was Nas Mirage. Minaj? But I think it was Mirage, her actual last name. Oh, okay. 
Um, but I would have to double check it. Twitter wasn't loading for me, but that that's been a whole conspiracy theory that people have been talking about for like a couple weeks now, really. And someone else tied it into, you know, how he has been so amazing at his marketing and social media skills because he was already so enveloped in the culture for, you know, years prior, he understood what it meant to get famous on social media, what it meant to have a following and what it and meant how to, to build it. Exactly. Obviously. And how to stay popular as well with like trolling with certain tweets, with linking up with other people. Um, but he's really tried to distance himself entirely from that. So I'm not going to speak and say that it absolutely was or wasn't him. But I think that if he is in fact, this person who is a gay man, I, I don't think that'll affect his, Record label, the record sales? No, I genuinely don't. And I think that if that if that's maybe something he's fearful of, or maybe it's just the fact of it's hard to suddenly hit viral so quickly and then to be on this domino effect of everyone knows your name and everyone maybe he's just having a hard time. You know, I just it's all good. Like it's okay. I don't think it's gonna affect anything. I think you're just, just gonna stay just as fucking viral. You know? Yeah, what I, I, mean? I would say don't pull a Frank Ocean and kind of feel like you have to draw back on your music for a while and feel like you have to hide right because if anything you know the community is very the queer community is very accepting you know what i mean they'll 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 hold him up and uplift him tenfold so i think if that's going to be the case i think you should just be honest about it if that stan account was him like bro there's nothing wrong with you having been a huge fan of Nicki minaj like plenty of people are and plenty plenty of of dudes are right i'm i mean there there are plenty of people who get their startings as huge fans of people and then somehow make it big and then, you know, meet these people, what have you, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I think every artist that's made it big was obsessed with another artist at, at one some time. Point, yeah, like, yeah. so I, I just don't think it should be that deep as deep as he's kind of making it in my opinion. And I, I don't think he should really be focusing on distancing himself so much from it. Like if it's the case, then it's the case and just fucking be like, yeah, that was fucking me. Like a lot of you knew me from that. Haha. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, I get it and I don't get it at the same time. Because being a man, like, I get it because you wouldn't want something that you're trying to portray yourself as now. If he is, if he is, I just want to say if he is, because we don't know. But if he is, I feel like, you know, as a man, I don't think you'd want to come back and be like, oh, yeah, that was me. I was the dude posing in a in a homosexual f- uh, way. And now I'm trying to be this dude that gets a bunch of girls in a cowboy hat. That's almost like with the uh, Iggy Azalea thing when she was like kind of off doing her own thing, not really doing shit, not on social media, trying to rebuild herself. And then all oh, those the rebrand. Nudes, and then all those nudes came out, and it's like, what the fuck? Like she's trying to do her, yeah. and like she's trying to make this new image. Oh. And someone does that, just like with him, okay. he's trying to make this new image for himself, and they're gonna be like that. Like he maybe he wanted yeah, because to he was famous from the Nicki Minaj account, so now he's trying to rebrand himself. Maybe he's as trying Lil to Nas do that X. on his own terms. Yeah, maybe okay. I don't know something fancy. You don't know Lil Nas. That dude is that dude has his own ways. He's crazy. Yeah, dude. Uh, shout out to him for the EP too. His yeah, EP like, was dope. Panini was pretty cool too. He's funny as hell on Twitter and shit. Like, did he's you clever. did you guys see his uh, Drake recreations of his yes. album covers? The and he was like, "How could you think that this is a Drake cover?" <laughs> he's like, "I've decided to name this album. Nothing was the same. Why am I getting all the comparisons to this album art as being Drake?" Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's funny as hell. Don't be. Don't put him on blast like that. Let him um, do his own thing. I know he's working. He's yeah. getting. He'll get it done. Um, was that all you had to? Add on to the Pride Month. I mean, for the most part, I just I really just wanted to shine a spotlight on different queer artists because, you know, we can bring up so many different brands. 
and so many different artists that work in collaboration with queer artists or who are simply just profiting off the culture. Um, but I think it's important to really take a look at artists who are paving the way, who are making strides and making moves to change the industry and the culture, to make it more accepting and whatnot. I mean, I'm not even going to tie that into all the actresses and actors who are also working so hard to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? But I think in the last decade, there has been a wave of queer creators, and it is so important to recognize them and really take the time to because otherwise – you know, with, again, with fast culture, instant gratification, social media, you know, certain people are just going to fade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that, And that goes back to the fast <laughs> consumption of everything. Absolutely. So that's kind of just how I wanted to talk in, you know, a little bit about it. But that was pretty much all I had on that one. Do we say happy Pride Month? Is yeah, yeah, like happy thing? Pride Month. Oh, happy Pride Month. Like, okay. Super exciting on that one. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss? Um, yeah, Meek Mill is actually now co-owner of LIDS. The hat company. I was reading something about that with his yeah. deal on that. Really? Which shout out to him for that because hopefully there's going to be a lot more dope hats in there because yeah. they've been very stagnant. Absolutely. Of just having like baseball hats and like NBA, Sports NFL. Shit, yeah. So I'm hoping now that Meek Mill is actually a part of it. He can get like a future hat or like a like a, I hope to see Chance the Rapper's three hats back in there again. Right. And I hope to see a lot of other artists to be uh, having their kind of merch that you don't get unless you go to their concerts. Like, I hope they start bringing them in. Yeah, I think that would be really cool, especially because, you know, Meek Mill, not a lot of people talk about it, but he really does have an eye for that sort of stuff. I, oh, yeah. I find him to be quite fashionable. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. You'll definitely see occasional photos of him and you're like, what is oh he doing? God. But I, I think he does have a good eye and I think it'll be nice to see what he kind of comes up with, especially because he has an idea, you know, because predominantly people only see culture as West Coast and East Coast. But I think coming out of Philly, he's going to have a real keen idea on certain designs and certain interesting. I hope he did. He signatures. is more of a creator than just an owner. I yeah. hope he kind of gets hands on with it because he could just want the money. I mean, that's I don't know. true. But even in that, though, I think that's something dope to acknowledge is good on you for extending and putting yeah. your hand into multiple bags into multiple industries you know what i mean because there and are so many artists who just rely on their musicality and you know you can't you can't really do that not with no. the fast consumption age it's so smart to invest and to build and to have entrepreneurial you know reach and you know different little things you do all the time yeah. and I, I just think that's important i think pretty much any big artist has spoken on that at this point as well. Oh, well, I mean, you have to, because I'm glad you brought that up, because you're not, most of them aren't making money off music anymore. They're making money off show, uh, shows, merch, their interviews, their features, because features cost a lot of money, mm -hmm. and somebody's got to pay for it, so they're really not making money off the uh, music anymore. They are, they do have to put their hands in other bags, like Lil Yachty does Target. He had a, tar I don't know if he still does Target, but he had a Target deal. Mm -hmm. A lot of, uh, like Pusha T is a co-executive of creation at some, uh, at a section of Adidas. Right. And I think that has to do with Kanye, but, you know, a lot of them do have their hands in everything. Like Rick Ross, I think, the only reason he hasn't put out an album is because he owns fucking uh, that wing place, Wingstop. He owns like four of them. Are you fucking serious? I'm dead serious. I'm not surprised. In the four that he owns, I believe there's two in Georgia and there's two in Florida, and he has his own lemon pepper wings. That's amazing. Good on it's him. It's pretty dope, right? Good on him, yeah. And I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk about that, you have to talk about one of the biggest, Jay-Z. 
You want to talk about having your hand in multiple fucking bags? He has his own streaming service. Like. I wish I had my own streaming service. A billionaire. Yeah, billionaire. He's a fucking billionaire. And it's not even, like, his music was barely a percentage on there. Arts. Arts was on there. What the fuck do you own that brings (laughs) you close to a billion dollars? Like, what do you own? I mean, he did did that music video with Beyonce in the Louvre, so... Yeah, do I you thought know? that was a Versace mansion. No, no do you know how dude. important you have to be for them to let you into the fucking Louvre? The to fact video? that did they, they shut it down. They had the. M- Who did they deny the wedding of? In or not the wedding? Or they, just it was Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. No, uh-uh. they yeah, denied they wanted them. to have their wedding at the Louvre, and oh, they said no. Talk about insult to injury. Do you know what it means, dude? Ooh. Just a fucking music video. They and just. I think it. in the song he was talking about Kanye's pool. That's been a thing. I don't know if you guys <laughs> have known that, but they've been dissing each other on whose pool is bigger. That's so fucking ridiculous. So that's, that's what it means people. to have that much money. That's what it means. That my pool is bigger. Um. But, yeah, like, I, I mean, when you're talking about having your hand in multiple bags, you know, someone like Jay-Z, someone like Beyonce, someone like Rihanna, you know, and now expanding into someone like Oh, Meek shout Mill. out to Rihanna. She's the first, uh, oh, the makeup company, I cannot think of the one she's, but she is it's the Fenty first. Fenty? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I don't know if that's Beauty. the one that th- she she is now executive creator. She's the first black woman to be executive creator at this makeup company. And I can't remember the name of it. I'll get the name of it later. And I'll, oh, I'll cause I know because she owns Fenty Beauty and now she's just expanded. OK, into so no, this Fenty is fashion. This, this isn't that's not that one. She's actually one that's already established. Oh, that's interesting. She's a very high executive now because I think of her own beauty line. See, and I think it's important to also talk about her expanding her reach into high culture fashion. You know what I mean? Because she now is under one of like the most famous fashion houses I- in the history. I'm I can't remember specific designers they've had under them, but we're talking about you know she is up at the level of selling products that Versace, Gucci, Fendi. Fucking Louis Vuitton. Fucking, I mean, like anything you can think of, any of those big, you know, name. Oh, we canceled fashion Gucci. houses. I mean, obviously, but any of those big name fashion houses and companies, she is now a designer and producing high culture clothes. So it's not like she just signed a deal with Forever Twenty One or something like that. And I mean, God, we shit on them a lot for how often <laughs> I get my fucking crop tops from there, but. All I know fucking stupid labeled shirts. No, no, I can't get, just get one plain shirt that looks nice. Shout out Pro to their Club. clearance section for me getting fucking three dollar crop tops, though, because I'm I'm into it. How are we yeah. going to shit on them and shout them out at the same time? Your crop tops that, that say, I love tacos. <laughs> I this, there's not a shirt that says I no, love tacos. No, there's not. But that's oh, okay. just the weird shit they put out. But, you Bitch know, it's not cow, like move. she did a brand <laughs> deal with some random, you know, collaborator. She herself is now a, like, de- huge designer. Putting herself in, in the ringer. Yeah, like, she is now one of those huge names that you hear. You know what I mean? We might be at the point where you're going to see someone who's going to be walking down a runway or something, and they're going to ask what they're wearing, and they're going to say, Fenty. Oh, made like, by Rihanna. So I, I see her making her way towards jay-z and hitting that billionaire mark in the next decade or so i think by the time she's his age she'll definitely have hit that mark i've been before that oh yeah yeah i've been impressed before that when you told me that her makeup wipes are doubled as yeah she had oil blotters like you can okay so if, if you don't wear makeup little paper oil blotters are for when you know you start to get greasy and you're wearing makeup and you just want to like blot you know the oil off your skin but you don't want to smear it 
double his joint papers. Boom. Because of the way up. they come out Boom. of the. Yeah. Thank you, Rihanna. <laughs> it was the dope fuck? as shit. Genius. Genius. That is not a real thing. That is a real thing. Oh my god! I need to get the I need to get the URL to that and uh, put it in the description for everybody who wants to check that out. Because I got I gotta look at that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I've never known that the, the style of it. You know, because if you've never seen does an it oil look like blotter, a little zigzag? Yeah, because if you've never seen an oil blotter, it looks like a little bit of parchment paper. Because that you know it specifically picks up the oil, but it's not yeah. like a tissue or a wipe. It won't take the makeup. So yeah, it's that same sort of paper, and yeah, so like picture opening like raw wraps where you pull them out of the little sheets, and then like the yeah, that's how you pull you pull them oh out. Oh my sheets. god! So hey, worst case scenario, if you don't have ninety nine cent raw papers on you, you can just spend a pretty penny on <laughs> <laughs> even more. Are they expensive? Um, I mean, all of her makeup is a relatively. I would say it's a mid price point. It's not luxury priced makeup, but it's not drugstore priced. So I mean, all of her makeup is gonna be somewhere, and all of the like accessories and products is gonna be somewhere between like the cheapest would be like random brushes, like a like an eyeshadow, or, like a lip gloss or something. And even those, I think, are something like fifteen to twenty dollars. And her most expensive. Oh, wow. You know, it might be a little less, closer to like 12 or something. Don't quote me on that because I haven't had the opportunity. I am poor. I haven't had the opportunity to buy her makeup. <laughs> Rihanna, if you want to send some to me, I will not turn it down. I'll try I to would... get her link in the description. <laughs> right. Like, hopefully she'll see this and send me some makeup. But <laughs> on to her more expensive stuff, you know, she has uh, little highlight compacts and um, actual lip stain. You know, more more extensive makeup. And, you yeah. know, and that stuff ranges up into 30, 40. Wow, this episode are. is gay. Yeah. Hey, Pride Month. What's Makeup good? and shit? I mean, you guys told me to talk. I don't know what you guys were expecting. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, um, but I think it's just cool. I th- I definitely think that she'll be <laughs> I definitely think she'll be following Jay-Z's footsteps here pretty soon and just having her hand in so many things. It'll be impossible so. for her to to fall behind. And I'm so excited for that. I think that's so cool. Yeah, that is really dope. I mean, shout out to Rihanna for that. That's really cool. Um since we are talking about fashion, and everything else. Actually, uh, I've been watching um, St. John's uh, Instagram stories. I think that's what it's called. I'm still trying to get the hang of this whole social media thing. Yeah. He was actually invited to Milan's Fashion Week. Really? You have to be invited yeah. to Milan's Fashion Week. You don't just get to go. And he was uh, brought to the Louis V uh, Fashion Week in Italy. He was invited to both of those things. That's really, really cool. That's wild. See, and do do you know anything about if he's into designing and fashion and stuff like that? Yeah, he actually has uh, the Christian Sex Club been pulling out since 1969. Go look it up. It's a really cool, actually just says Christian Sex Club on the shirt. But he designs a lot of his own own things. Mm -hmm. He has a stripper upside down on a pole and a lot of things, which is really cool. I mean, I I think for him to be a creative in the way he is and for somebody to kind of notice like, oh, you did that? Come on down to Fashion Week. Right. And Biggs Burke was there, too, which I don't know if you guys know who Biggs Burke is, but he kind of created the Rockefeller with Jay-Z and uh, Dame Dash. See, and that's really interesting. So I wonder in what context they invited him, you know what I mean? I wonder if this is going to speak to anything new coming from him. I wonder if this will speak to maybe him getting his hand in a different sort of bag, or maybe this is sort of him. a St. John Louis V collab? That would be pretty dope. Or maybe if this is him kind of just becoming... A more mainstream art, you know, artists that are seeing it at fashion shows, artists who are seeing, you oh, know, yeah, putting investments into that. The so. Louis V one, he met, I don't know if this was the first time him meeting him, but he <laughs> had a lot of pictures. I think uh, Jid was in one of them. 
Uh, Black was there. Uh, not all the Migos were there, but Offset was there. Hmm. Uh, Miguel was there, obviously. I mean, Miguel's a fucking, he's amazing at dressing. Uh, there was actually a lot of, there was a couple people there I didn't know because they were more of the fashion scene, mm-hmm. which I don't know anything about. I'm not in, I don't know how to be into all that. I don't know what to look up to figure all that out. Um, but I guess there was a very well-respected uh, person from, who's the guy that got shot that has the clothing company? Johnny Versace. Okay. I couldn't think of it. All I could think <laughs> was he got shot. That's all I could think <laughs> he of. He got right. shot, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was well-respected at the Louis V um, in St. John. Had a picture with him or talked to him, but he wasn't able to post it. But he said something about it in one of his videos. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, no. I mean, I, I, he, he must have been doing something good with the Christian Sex Club. I mean, it must have sold. For, for a while, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty expensive. It's about $25 a T-shirt, which for me, that's expensive. And his pants and his jacket go for almost 100 bucks. So, I mean, for them to, uh, they have to be high quality. Like, he right, has to know yeah. what he's doing somewhere. And that's really interesting because we've seen a lot of rappers kind of make their way into the fashion industry and make huge waves. I mean, you know, just, just off the top of the head, you think of people like ASAP Rocky, you think of people like Tyler the Creator, you Kanye. think of Young Thug. Kanye, yeah, Young Thug. You, you don't have the answer, Sway. <laughs> but you, you think of people who are really putting themselves at the forefront of fashion in a way you wouldn't expect, especially from black creatives. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And I think that was a cool thing was um, it wasn't from St. John, but I saw little clips of, the, you know, what you might like and yada, yada. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot more. I, I've never seen him before. This is the first time I've ever seen it. But I saw a lot of black women and black men on the runway to the Louis V show. Which I don't know if that's like. No, that, that that speaks but to it's growth cool. heavily it just because cool. I mean, in the fashion industry, it is still such a like a standard setup, you know what I mean? It still is so heavily with, I, you know, when you hear about the fashion industry, you immediately think of like the weight requirements and the height requirements and, and being light enough. And, you know, you think of how Victoria's Secret's fashion shows will literally have like 30 white models for one black one. And so. Oh, Victoria's Secret. What's her name? Uh, Nikita Dragon. Yeah. Is that how you say your name? Oh, she Man, looks she, so fucking fine. She is fucking shitting on uh, Victoria's Secret right now. I know. She posted a picture of them closing a lot of stores, and she's all, <laughs> I guess they got the uh, dragon egg. And yeah. I was all, oh, damn. Yeah, that's what you get for not liking trans and fat women, fucking assholes. <laughs> like, bro, that's what happens. That's literally what happens. Like. Oh, shit. Um. More tangents. This is a, this is a very bunch of tangents. tangents but fashion speaking, I, I think it is really cool. I think it's cool to see more black creatives and just more black artists, models, people on the runways, you know, people at the forefront who are saying, you know, this is what we look like. This is what other people in the world look like. Because I think it's so important for young kids and for people in the media and just for people in the world to see, you know, there is such a variety. There is such a range. It's so wrong that we have such, you know, this variety of skin tones and ethnicities and body sizes and disabilities and just features and characteristics and yet we still see such a specific body standard in the media so it, it is really nice to see the changes like yeah. that okay i get that which i kind of didn't really of, think about it i was like about to say yeah. shout out to barbie they are this year releasing um a brand new barbie that is a black girl in a wheelchair it's their first wheelchair Really, Barbie. From what I know, yeah, it's their first. How did you even hear about that? Yeah, because I'm part of the disabled community on Twitter. I'm disabled. I I have lots of illnesses, so I'm I'm part of the community, and that's something really cool that's going on. Well, shout out to Mattel. 
Yeah, so that's something, you know, really cool. It's it's imp- again, it's important for kids to see things like them. It's important for people to be able to experience things like them to know that they aren't alone because again, that speaks to our individual experiences making up society as a whole and you know, you're not nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. Cuz uh, I mean, we should there should be more diversity and for all little kids to see things like that. Like uh, like I think uh, my daughter has a monkey in a wheelchair. That we got to build a bear. That's adorable. Yeah. That's cute. So See? That's cool. So I just, you know, representation, I feel like, especially for so many different facets of society mm. that we have going on, it's just, it's incredibly important. So shout outs to the different people who are at the forefront of those movements, you know, yeah. all those different creators and artists. Because I think, I just think that's super I'm dope. I'm glad it's actually coming out. I'm glad actually, I think we're in a better space to be more accepting to those things, I guess. Yeah. You know, I think for all of the the different things we see on a day-to-day basis for all of the awful things that are kind of shoved in our faces by the media and by news. There's such an unwillingness to acknowledge the relatively good things happening in the world, the places who are, you know, like entirely on recycling. They don't even have any trash in certain countries and how there are certain countries that are passing, you know, certain anti-discrimination laws that are like so ahead of their time. And I think there's just, there's so much going on in the world that people are unwilling to acknowledge because they want to be so focused on everything bad. clickbait. Exactly. It just it ties back into that whole, you know, inflation and exaggeration. And I just want clicks and views and all these things. But I think when you look at it as a whole, there are some amazing things happening right now that really need to be paid attention to in our time. Yeah, we'll definitely have to uh, look into more of those things and hopefully have them linked down in the description in our podcast whenever we talk about stuff like that, because I think definitely with the Barbie coming out, we should put we should put, we should have that link yeah, in the description. I'll definitely to be make able sure to buy it. To send you that one because I think that's just dope. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, for Nikita, I always think I'm saying her name wrong. Nikita? Is it Nikita Dragon? Yeah. Is that how you say her name? Yeah. I'll definitely put a link down for her beauty stuff because that's a really dope thing. Have you guys seen the egg? Yeah. That's a really dope thing. Yeah, I'm n- I mean, I don't, I don't wear makeup. She, but. Right, but she, she has her own beauty brand now after doing a lot of collaborations after being a makeup artist for a long time. So, yeah, she's doing some really cool stuff right now. If we're going to talk about queer creatives you know she i'll definitely throw her in there like i said i wasn't going to talk about all the random actors and actresses and all the people changing things but but she's making huge waves huge waves for a queer creative so love her super super into that yeah most definitely so we'll have to definitely link her below here as well and her shitting on victoria's secret might just link you to that tweet just to be (laughs) real yeah because that was amazing um but i guess if you guys don't have anything else to add I mean, we think we can wrap this up. We're at almost two hours for there a podcast that we had nothing to talk about. <laughs> there was a couple of dead times, though, so those will be cut. This will more than likely not be two hours when you guys hear it. But you guys don't need to know about our unpreparedness. <laughs> OK. All right. But um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. As always, love. Love knowing that people like listening to us and our random conversations. Oh, shout out to uh, Mike Guru. He listened to it. Shout he's out a to little Mike Guru. Art, he's an artist out in uh, he's an artist out in L.A. I believe. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be wrong about that. But I believe he's out. Uh, he's from out of L.A. Um, I'll definitely tag him in this. But shout out to him for listening. Mike that Guru. Was Mike Guru. Doing what you do. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to him. Thank you for listening. We appreciate every single person that tunes in and listens. Because I mean, otherwise we're just. Talking to the void. To each other. (laughs) (laughs) Not different from any other day. Oh, I know. It's so wild. (laughs) 
All right, guys, thank you for listening. If you listened, if you got this far, thank you. Um, something we didn't talk about in uh, our BET uh, awards thing was uh, Kiana Lede. I don't know if you guys know who she is, but she's a female artist. She's also one of, she's where I'm, I've kind of stepped out, like I stepped out with Teflon Sega and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiana Lede is actually really dope. She's a really dope singer. The song we're going to end on is uh, Kiana Lede Heavy featuring Jennifer Lewis. I'm no victim, but I deal with shit on the daily. Something pulling, I can't get away. Never living outside of my head. I don't like showing weakness, so I always fake it. Maybe someday I will gain composure. Maybe when I'm older, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. Cause something feels like.